0: Thanks, John. Excellent. Amen. Thanks, team. And on that scripture, yeah, thank you. Let's give them a, w- a round. So so sweet. And and you guys, you guys get it, don't you? That on, on mornings like this morning, we're really loath to just cut. <laughs> And go on to the next thing, the next scheduled item. Um, we're, we're learning to do the dance, as we often as we often say, and, and just being led by the Spirit. It's just a, a beautiful, a beautiful opportunity, and, and you guys are all dancing too. And that's what makes this place so, so precious. So, yeah, we're so blessed. And on that, on the back of that word from John, and which was what Doug brought a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Uh, I do have a word that I, w- I want to bring from God's word um, with the time that we have left to us, but we'll, we'll just kind of scream through this a little bit. Um, and uh, and it's prompted by uh, Joel's message last week as he brought a timely message from the book of Nahum and um, Zechariah, and particularly nah- Nahum uh, chapter 1, where if, if you heard that message, you, you remember that um, it's, it's this prophetic, it's this judgment really of God on the city of Nineveh, and in in the mix of all that doom and you guys are going to get it, like you're 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 gone. Um, comes the, these beautiful words uh, of good news. Um, just flick that up, if you will. Thanks, Steve. So this morning I want to talk about some some good news. That's good. It's we like to hear good news, don't we? We love to hear good news. Actually, this this graphic it's a very ordinary graphic. This is from a YouTube channel um, set up by John Krasinski, uh, who was in the show The Office. And last year during COVID, he set up his own YouTube channel called Some Good News, and some of you might have seen that. And uh, he he has all sorts of people coming onto that channel. And 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 in in the midst of the pandemic uh, that was happening last year, it was just his response to bring some good news uh, to the world. And in times like this, where we've got ex- extremes, where we've got a lot of bad news that are always coming across our newsfeed, we we love to hear some good news, hey. And uh, and for that that prophetic announcement um, in Nahum uh, to uh, Nineveh, uh, which echoes also those beautiful words in Isaiah fifty-two, which is familiar to you guys. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. And and this morning with the time that I have left, I I just wanted to do a little bit of a study, uh, a little bit of a teaching on this term, on this phrase, good news. I don't know about you, but growing up in the church, you know, been walking with the Lord for many years, sometimes, you know, when we hear the phrase, the good news or the gospel, I don't know about you but sometimes it can kind of lose its its flavor, its power. We 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 take it we can tend to take it for granted because we've heard it before. Okay. Am, am I alone in, in that or is there there's some yeah. Um this new this this word good news uh the, the Old Testament um Greek um, translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, uh, contains the word here for good news, euangelion, Galleon, from which we get the word uh, evangelism, evangelist. It, it literally means good news, Galleon. The, the, the term for the gospel, I, I, did, I didn't realize this, is an old English, comes from the old English, um, which was comes from a God spiel or a good spiel, all right? He comes the spiel. The gospel, the good spiel, the good news, the euon galleon. and historically, this this kind of refers back to in ancient times, in in times of battle, when uh, when there was news that needed to be carried from potentially from the front line back to headquarters or back to the castle. Obviously, they didn't have radios or, or phones or anything like that. They had to have someone carry the good news, and so this Galleon would be represented in, in in a runner who would be sent. And you guys might remember the story of of King David, where there's oftentimes there were servants or there were runners that were sent to King David, or even before he was king, with what was believed to be good news. Yeah, oh, the king's going to love this. You know, such and such is dead. Saul's dead. Or, or Saul's family member is dead. Or your son Absalom is dead. This is great news, David. Uh, uh-uh. uh, no. You, you got to be careful when you bring, you know, perceived good news to David because more often than not, you know, you'd lose your head. Okay. That was, but th- that was the, that was the context. Okay. Uh, you might remember the story when Absalom's death is being reported and there's, there's two runners. And, uh, and such and such is running. They're looking from the distance. And then there's another runner. There's two runners. Oh, it must be good news. And Oh, he runs like such and such. Oh, yeah, he's a good man. He must be bringing good news. He must be bringing the Galleon. Yeah. Historically also, I was int- intrigued to find that it, it came to also be associated with, uh, with the rise of a particular emperor, Caesar Augustus. And his decrees or his rise to the throne or the things that he would bring about for the kingdom were were decreed as euangelion, glad tidings or good news. All right. And and so then we come to the coming of Jesus uh, in the Gospels. And um, let's see what we've got here. There we go. In Mark chapter 1, 14 to 15, it says that Jesus went into Galilee. Proclaiming the good news of God, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the galleon. Repent and believe the good news. The time has come. It's here, right now. So, so change what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Turn around. Change up your lifestyle. Repent and believe. Take, take into yourself, make it your new reality, this new euangelion, this good news. And then, of course, throughout the New Testament, we have um, Paul and uh, some of the other apostles who write about the good news, the gospel. In fact, the term gospel is used around 54 times in the epistles, much more than it's used in the, in the gospels themselves. Um, uh, for instance, Paul writes, Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel or the good news because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And again, 1 Corinthians, For Christ did not send me to baptize but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. By the time Paul is writing his epistles and for for many of the New Testament authors, they are they are speaking this side of Calvary, aren't they? They're speaking this side of the cross and the resurrection. They've got the full picture of the coming of Jesus, the the, the full expression, if you like, of the gospel looking back to the cross and the resurrection. And and for Paul, as well as Peter, uh, many, many of these epistle writers, the gospel is encapsulated, is highlighted, is expressed most fully in the cross and in the resurrection of Jesus. And we say yes and amen. That's the truth. When we refer to the gospel more often than not, we are talking about Jesus' death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, his his, um, his place for ours, he's taken our place so that we might have an eternity with God our Father in heaven. It's an amazing reality. It's an amazing truth. But can I suggest this morning that it's not all that there is to the picture. Before you accuse me of preaching another gospel, just hear me out, just bear with me because Jesus even though he knew obviously he had the end in mind he knew he was going to the cross he knew he was going you know he was he would he was going to suffer for the sake of all humanity yeah. he, when he talks about the good news he doesn't actually mention the cross until around halfway through his ministry he doesn't even bring it up with his disciples and yet from the beginning he is preaching back to mark 1 he is preaching believe the good news and so the good news, whilst ultimately expressed and, 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 and we cannot go any further than the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all that means for us, for Jesus' own example and, and his own uh, experience and demonstration is actually broader than just an eternal destination, just forgiveness of sins. It's broader than just a spiritual reality for you and I, The gospel actually has some real life implications, applications, a reality. The coming of Jesus, the good news of the gospel is not just about his death and his resurrection, but what? The announcement of a whole new kingdom, the kingdom of God has come this new reality has come and so our stepping into the good news our receipt of the good news our life as it lines up with the gospel yes it does ultimately find expression and reality in the death and resurrection of our lord jesus but it also comes under his life and ministry the kingdom of god that he has established are you are you with me all right not going to stone me or anything like that at this point good Listen to, um, listen to Jesus' announcement of his ministry in the book of Luke. Okay? Luke chapter 4 from verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and we say yes and amen that's that's awesome and through his death and through his resurrection we see that God is setting the captives free we see that he brings healing we we agree with all of this but then it goes on to say that he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing Jesus wasn't going to wait till he got to the cross or the empty tomb before this became a reality. He said, "Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today is the day of salvation." And can I can I encourage, can I suggest, can I implore you church that as we are carriers of the good news of the Yuan Galleon, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it has it has ramifications. It has realities for here and now, not just for some future spiritual eschatological event. Yeah? And you guys you guys get that, I know. But I just wanted to kind of nerd out a little bit and go into this today, if that's okay. Because then I wanted to look at what does Jesus actually mean when he's talking about the good news? If he doesn't announce his death and resurrection until halfway through his ministry... What do the gospels actually say about Jesus' approach to the good news? All right? So bear with me, we've got a couple of scriptures here, Matthew 4:23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew 9:35. Similar, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Matthew eleven five, when John the Baptist's disciples come and ask him, Are you the one we should have expected, or is there someone else? This is Jesus' reply. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Got a couple more. Luke four eighteen to 19 I'm not going to read that because that's what we just read. His announcement in the synagogue of, of Nazareth. Okay, setting free the captives, proclaiming freedom, recovery of sight, setting the oppressed free. And then as he sends the disciples out himself in Luke 9, so they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. This is basic stuff, guys. You you guys get this. But sometimes I think in our Western Christian kind of worldview, when we talk about the good news, We reduce it to a spiritual reality. My sins are forgiven. Jesus has taken my place on the cross. I can look forward to eternal life with God one day. And we miss the very practical realities that Jesus and his disciples themselves stepped out, walked out. Do you see this? Do you see the connection between a lot of these these verses? That proclaiming the good news, the euangelion, is always connected with things like, healing the sick, um, making the blind see, raising the dead, setting the oppressed free. It's always linked with addressing the brokenness before them. Jesus, whenever he went proclaiming the good news, was first and foremost announcing the year he was sent, this is good news, and he was addressing the brokenness that was right in front of him miraculously (laughs) And, and this morning you know God knows exactly what he's doing I don't but he knows exactly what he's doing and as we sang this morning I believe in miracles and we we declared breakthrough over areas over over situations we're right on time God God has us God has us lined up with the things that are on his heart and and for me as you know as a 40-something Western Australian Christian, I long, don't we long to see the good news go forth accompanied with signs and, and wonders, miracles? At the very least, stepping out, as Joel brought before, you know, the righteous run into the strong tower. We, we go forward, we, st- we step out. And as we step out, we choose to step into those areas of brokenness and lostness, in our communities, in our society, that's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly what He sent His disciples to do, as they proclaimed the gospel, the good news. It wasn't one or the other. It wasn't oh, I'm going to I'm going to share the gospel and talk about it, and this person over here, well, they're going to they're going to do you know addressing the brokenness. No, it was both together, and as the Church of Jesus Christ here in Namble. That's what he calls us to do, to steward the good news in our own lives, to carry it wholly and stepping into those, into those places. Okay. Oh, all right. We've got five minutes. How are we going? All right? Okay. So I, I just want to um, – we'll, we'll get through this. Okay. I just want to ask three questions today. Um, the first is, what is the difference that Jesus makes? Why is Jesus good news? And, and you, know, you know, you and I, we can say, well, Jesus died for my sins. Yeah, he, he's, he's put me in right relationship with the Father in heaven. I can look forward to an eternity with him. Yes, and amen, truth, truth, truth. But what difference does that make <laughs> in your life? right now right now why is Jesus good news to you right now what why is the kingdom of God good news to the people of the 21st century in Australia around the world wherever choose your context and and I and I, I encourage us to to wrestle with this question and the one that comes after it. Because when we can when we can steward the good news in this way, as well as having those spiritual answers, that, be, that, be, that begins to address some of the questions that the people around us are asking. Let me, let me just share one very quickly. I had about four or something prepared, but I'm going to share one very quickly. Why Jesus is good news besides the spiritual realities. Okay. You know, it's, it's very politically correct today to champion inclusivism. Yeah, you you'll see some smiles, people who work in government sectors, etc. Inclusivism is one of the, the, the buzzwords at the moment, okay? Being inclusive of all those in society, amen. Jesus was way ahead of the game. In, in, a, in a time... In a time when, when uh, it was all about exclusivity, especially for a rabbi, Jesus invites this ramshackle collection of, of fishermen and tax collectors and zealots around him and included them in his plans. Not only that, but he included women as well. Luke 8, 2-3 tell us about the various women who accompanied him on his journey, some of them actually funding some of the operations. And that was a no-no. You did not associate with women. Back in the day. Children. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. In Jesus' day, children were not worth a whole lot at all. And Jesus turns that cultural stereotype upside down so many times. Yeah. It's good news. It's good news. Jesus was subversive in his approach. You know, The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds, but you plant it and it grows into a tree. Yeah, it's like a yeast in a dough. It's something that, that gets through all of society. all right. And, and in this day and age when, when um, confidence in leaders is, a, is at an all-time low, where in the past we've looked at our kings and our queens and our presidents and our governors and put them up here, nowadays there's only suspicion given to leadership. A subversive kingdom, one that, that is subversive out of a selfless way. There is subversiveness in society today. It's called the woke agenda. It's called cancel culture. But Jesus came for kingdom culture and it was a selfless subversiveness. Um, The first will be last and the last will be first. If you want to be great, you'll be a servant of all. That's good news. We belong to a kingdom like that. He is our king. And I encourage you to think of other things. Okay, what do you know about the character of God and the character of Jesus? Why why is Jesus good news to me in my life right now? Uh, this is the second question. Why is it good news for me? Why is the gospel good news for me personally? If you can picture um, the gospel or the character of God, the good news, the euangelion, as a landscape piece, if you will, okay, a landscape piece of, of trees and rivers and mountains and 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 there's one particular part of that landscape that that you identify with, that resonates with you. Does that make sense? So there's part of the good news that resonates with you personally. An example for me would be um, a revelation of the father heart of God. When I became a dad for the first time, I, I had this amazing love for my child and I began to understand just in a small way of God's father heart Love for us, the way that he loves us as a parent. Okay. It was amazing. That, that for me resonated. And so, oh, that's, that's good news for me. And so that becomes something that I am able to carry and steward with me in my life and in my relationships. You want to know what God's like? Let me tell you this story. When I became a dad, I was awakened to this beautiful love, a love like no other. And then when our second daughter came along, I was I was awoken to the justice of God. <laughs> the just you know how can what can you can't do that to your little sister? That's not fair. I love you. Don't hurt your little sister. And and do you see the character of God in that as a way that, that human beings treat one another? Guys, I love you so much. How can you wage war? How can you treat your brother like that? How can how can you tear them down? I love you and I love them. The justice of God. So why is the good news, good news to you personally? What's your testimony? 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. And as we are preparing our hearts with that, as we're preparing our story, why is Jesus good news for me personally? And as we're leaning into into conversations and relationships with, with people who are asking those sort of questions, we are, we are forewarned, forearmed. We are ready to share the good news, to steward the good news from our very hearts and our very experience. All right. And the third question is, as in Jesus' example, how is God calling me to steward the good news in broken places? This is about addressing the lostness around me with healing and restoration. This is where the light gets to shine. The salt gets to add flavor to the lives around us. Where is God calling me? Where is God calling you to steward the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God in the broken situations around you? Uh, You would have heard last week about the the boys talking about the the resistors, the 3 phase. Yeah, the power, the resistors, that each of us have a unique resistor. Each of us is created unique. We are all sons and daughters of the living God, and we each have a unique calling and purpose. That's been something that's been current in our midst as well, that, that Chris was ministering through a couple of weeks ago, remember? Yeah. We get to step into that purpose in the power of God, Addressing the brokenness, the lostness of society, of circumstances around us, not focusing on our own stuff so much. You know, oftentimes addressing our own stuff is, is the worst thing that we can do. <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase that. We need to address our own stuff. We need to own it. But to stay there gets us stuck. It's the, it's the stepping in. It's the running in. It's a going, confident that we have yeah, we have three-phase power. <laughs> you know, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Yeah. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yeah. And so he calls us to carry that, to step into that, to carry that good news with him. All right, that's it. Done. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for you are worthy. You are amazing. You are such a good father. And Lord, I'm sorry when the good news doesn't seem so good or I get distracted by the bad news or the things that don't matter so much. Thank you, Jesus, that you came announcing the good news of the kingdom of God that the will of God is within our reach because you came, Jesus, that we can know you, that we can serve you, that we can step into those areas of brokenness that you're calling us into, not out of our own strength, not out of a, a sense of guilt or expectation, but out of a sense of calling, power. Thank you that you go with us. Thank you, Lord God, that you bring good news into every situation. Lord, help us to carry it. Help us to steward it. Help us to represent you well, Lord Jesus, into the areas of our lives, into the areas of our relationships, into into our society, Father God. As we've declared this morning, as we've prophesied breakthrough over the north, the south, the east, and the west, Lord, as we have prophesied and as we have prayed, Lord, just let us now be positioned to go. Open our eyes, open our hearts. Lord, I pray that we would hear testimonies also last week of areas that you have led us into, Lord God. Testimonies next week of areas that you've you've led us into uh, where we've been able to bring the gospel, the good news, the galleon of our Lord Jesus. Bless your name.